Daniel Day submissive likes eating poison mushrooms. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Hey, welcome to spoilers. It's just me and Jordan tonight. Jordan, what's up? How's it going, man? Uh, not too bad. Um, having a little bit better time than you. You hated the Phantom Thread. I wasn't a huge fan. What did you not like about it? It's just dull. <laughs> I, like, I came away from it, and I think the big question in my mind was, can you have classical music with good acting and like pretty good cinematography with no story, and is it still a good movie? Because the story just isn't there for me at all. Like, I think the performances were solid to to pretty good, and... Everything else about the movie was pretty solid, and the story is just nothing. I don't, I don't know what it, like. What did you think? I, I I feel like it's a movie with a lot of good ingredients, but I don't know if it's like a fun movie to watch in a lot of ways. I feel like it's kind of like uh like a classical book you have to read in high school or something. Ooh, I like that. Like yeah. it's like it's it's you can recognize that it's really good, but it doesn't make it like enjoyable to like intake it's like the great gatsby of movies like you know it's like <laughs> you probably should see i mean we should also mention that we're, we're, we're recording this on january 23rd 2018 the day that 2018 oscar nominations were announced uh and this pulled down six big oscar nominations uh let me just get your reaction to each one first and foremost best actor in a leading role daniel day lewis deserving meh <laughs> I think I think we kind of talked in uh, the the Jim Carrey documentary uh, podcast about like is method acting like a legit thing, and I think Daniel Day Lewis is like known for that sort of approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think he's he's pretty good, but I think he just plays like a like kind of a dull artist that like has to be in his shit all the time, and so I. I don't think that that's like the most challenging role to like blow up every every fifth minute on some girl. He is like extremely subs- like a rest- Ugh, excuse me. <laughs> he is extremely restrained <laughs> and subdued in his performance. Like he doesn't. He has this weird cadence of speaking, and his character is very um, OCD. Uh, the character's yeah. name, by the way, is Reynolds. Reynolds, <laughs> Jeremiah Woodcock, and I think that that last name, uh, Mr. Woodcock, yeah, Woodcock, that's not unintentionally <laughs> phallical. Like this is very much a story <laughs> of like a man and a woman, and specifically a man with mommy issues. Um, so like, did did you pick up what what happened to his mom? Um, like why did she die or something? I was very confused about that as well. I, that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, like I feel like I was missing something there. Well, I mean, if it is mentioned, it's mentioned at the very beginning. Like he goes on this date and he's like all talking about his mom, like, like how how awesome she was and whatever. Um, he's he's also like the world's greatest fashion designer. But was she a, was she a dressmaker too? I th- or? Yeah. Oh yeah, she taught him how to make dresses. That okay. was like the all thing. right, all right, yeah. But yeah, so he's like obsessed with his mom and then like the whole rest of the story is basically like 
the interplay of him, Mr. Woodcock, and his dealings <laughs> with other like the other women in his life. One of them being his sister, uh, who's played by Leslie Manville. Her name was uh, Sarah Woodcock, and mm-hmm. she also garnered a Best Actress in a Supporting Role nomination. Uh, deserving of that, Jordan? Wait, did... Uh... Who is, uh, did Vicky Kripes, Creeps, did she get any nominations in here too? Because I thought that she was much more compelling than um, Cyril. She did not get a nomination. And I think this is like Ugh. her first thing, Vicky Kripes. Um, the Muse character, right? I guess. Yeah, I would say so. And like his love interest on and off. Um, I think that Cyril was also pretty, like, kind of like sir woodcock here was pretty like one dimensional mm-hmm. and i thought that um vicky creeps's character alma who does like you said play the muse i think that she at least had some like depth to her like she she kind of surprised us towards the middle and end i guess and i don't know i think that she like she, i felt like she shone more than either of the other two for me at least daniel day lewis 26 years older than vicky Cripes, by the way Big age difference. And there. looks every bit. Yeah. Um, I guess main spoiler too. So the relationship between Daniel Day-Lewis and Vicky and Leslie, like I said, is, is definitely like the center of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Leslie, or sorry, Cyril is always like, she's such a stone wall, stone cold bitch in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> like she's just like, so like, Un, um emotional and like when Daniel or when Reynolds turns to her for help like she just shuts him down all the time like she says like you're nothing without me like and like yeah. that I guess that kind of like him seeking pain is kind of what comes up at the end of the movie because Alma uh, f- feeds him poison mushrooms once a little bit and he gets sick and then they fall like more <laughs> in love and then she does it again. So weird. And so, like, the very last shot of the movie, like, she, like, dumps a whole big thing of poison mushrooms and a big thing of butter, which he knows he hates. And, like, he realizes <laughs> what's going on, and he eats it anyway. And it turns out, like, he's into feeling sick and, like, her, like, taking care of him. Like, he's, like, seeking out that mommy role. I think that they're kind of the relationship between these three is pretty well fleshed out, like, in one of the first scenes, or at least, like, in the first... 20 30 minutes when he he brings alma home for the first time Mm -hmm. to his like estate and takes her upstairs to like his design room where he has like all this fabric and stuff and he um like strips her down to just like her nightgown or like whatever it's called that you wear under like a bunch of Mm -hmm. dress things and alma Um, thinks it's like sexy time too like she's like smiling she's like getting into it but yeah she loves it and she like feels yeah, like if she thinks it's sexy time, as you say, Pappy. Yeah. It's business time. And <laughs> he's got his then... business socks on. Mr. Woodcock <laughs> down to his business sock. Um, and then Cyril comes up the stairs, like into this attic space that they're in, and she like sits down with a book and they proceed uh Woodcock proceeds to like read out her, the girl's measurements, like Alma's measurements, and he's like, You have no breasts. She's like, I, I know, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird, like, power dynamic. Um, and he's, like, reading out the the measurements to his sister. And so she's, like, also criticizing her at the same time. And it kind of sets up, like, a weird 
vibe. Like, they're up until she poisons him, at least, I think. Like, the three of them are always, like, in a power struggle at any given mm-hmm. moment, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's either, like, him blowing up on Alma or, like, Cyril just totally, like, manhandling him or, like, he'll get on a power trip because, like, he'll have, like, a big sale or something. But, like, he also, like... He's such a goofy character. Like he has like this like dress sale, and then like he that also makes him sick. And that's kind of like the first taste that Alma gets. That like oh, if I'm like motherly to him. Yeah. And and one of the other scenes too is when he's sick. I think one of the best scenes in the whole movie is like, the movie is so monotone in tone the whole time. And, like, yeah. at one point, he eats the shrooms. And, like, I thought it was going to go in, like, in a more psychedelic direction. But, like, he sees his mom. <laughs> it's insane. He sees his mom in the bedroom, like, the ghost of his mom. And, like, it's such, like, a actual moment of something happening in the narrative compared to, like, everything else. It's, like, so jarring. Like, did you like that part? What were you thinking when the mom shows up? I... I mean, I can't say that I, that I liked it. No. I had two other favorite parts. Okay. And- one so one is um which i think you've said is your favorite movie line of the year what precisely is the nature of my game (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah pappy you posted that on instagram and twitter so far i think with the spongebob as many places as i can yeah (laughs) in the group thread everywhere the mocking spongebob meme is what i used (laughs) Um, so that was one of my favorites. And then also the scene during breakfast where they turn the mic volume on Alma all the way up when she's buttering mm-hmm. her toast and he just loses his shit on her. And just because she's like scraping butter across her toast. And I think it's like double because it he perceives it as being really loud, but also he hates butter so much <laughs> dude yeah it just keeps going back to how much he hates butter like he blows up several <laughs> times i don't know what butter i've been to him but <laughs> but the, i i'm surprised the sound design i guess didn't get a nomination because they pretty much nominated everything else um yeah even though that didn't the the score was nominated by uh the score by johnny greenwood i don't know what else he's done but while i check on that what do you think about the score it's i thought it was one of the more catchy, memorable scores of the year. Yeah, I I really like the score. Like I I made a joke about it earlier. Like, can you have a movie with just like classical music playing behind it? But it's it's not just purely classical to be classical. It does like I think it really kind of ties the movie together and keeps things rolling mm-hmm. and keeps you intrigued i guess yeah um, there's like without without that i think it would really fall apart and be even more dull than i already thought it was there's like the one main theme called phantom thread and then they do it like three times like mm-hmm. once is with piano like once is with strings and then there's like the one at the end <laughs> bah, bah,
when you leave the theater, then that, that's like playing over the credits. It's like super catchy. I could see this maybe sneaking one away from The Shape of Water. Um, but one, I, I think it's definitely going to win Best Achievement in Costume Design, uh, the fourth of its nominations. Jordan, you know a lot about um, 19th century dressmaking. Were the dresses accurate? Um, what were your opinions on those? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's actually one of the things that I I didn't necessarily notice because it's not something that I'm knowledgeable about during the movie, but that's one of the things that's come up a lot as I've read um, like opinion pieces and like quick reviews on IMDb and stuff that like the um, the costume design is very accurate to the time period. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I would say that a lot of the dresses are beautiful and stuff like in a classical dress sort of way um but like i i have no way of knowing if they match the time period of like the mid-50s post-war london um and from everything that i've seen it it is very accurate um to the time they don't they don't get too much into like the changing like it's just like taken for granted oh he's a genius like he kind of loses it a little bit towards the middle but that's because he needs to like get sick again or something but yeah i mean it doesn't really <laughs> delve into his business or like the changing <laughs> fashions or anything like that it's just kind of like an excuse to have this these two people fall in love. you know what i mean it, they could have he could have been yeah. like really good at anything like he could have been a movie ma- like a director he could have been super passionate about anything the real story is like well, the interplay and the, the power struggle yeah I actually, I've that's been a few of the like kind of tidbits that I've seen. Also in those same reviews that I've been reading, is that is this kind of Paul Thomas Anderson um, making a statement about like being a perfectionist and like is the dressmaking like an analogy to like making a movie and like every thread is like a different part of the movie as you're stitching them together. Um, I don't know if that really holds up under any scrutiny. Um, mm. But there was one thing. So early, early in the movie, he and it, this is in the trailer too. So it kind of sticks out. He makes a comment about how he would like sew messages into dresses and like do secret things like in the in the seams of stuff. And like he mentions it, and it it doesn't go anywhere. Like I, that's what I like Not picked up from the yeah. trailer. Is like, oh, like maybe this will be like something interesting. He's got like. I don't know, like, I'm, it's not going to be, like, a Da Vinci code, but, mm-hmm. I don't know, so, something along that trail, and it just, like, never comes up again. Like, what, do you make anything in No, that? I'm glad you mentioned the trailer, because I feel like the trailer is super misleading, like, and, like, the, the lines that mm. they do pull, like, yes. there's one line where he says something like, there's a shadow of death over this house. It's really just him, in the in the context of the movie, being melodramatic about uh, <laughs> her presence, yes. but then the way they use it in the trailer, it's, like people are dying and shit you know what i mean like any like, yeah, you, even like, you the, think yeah. he's gonna kill her yeah and she doesn't even really try to kill him really you know what i mean like it's more of a weird form of bonding like, they have i don't i don't know yeah um, to like to like reel him in back to her kind of yeah on the perfectionist note though, that's interesting because I, I was looking at or watching this interview with him and uh your brother Josh's favorite director, Ryan Johnson. And um Ayo. they he mentions that like Daniel Day Lewis was very involved in the writing of the script. Not so much that he was writing, but that like Paul Thomas Anderson was constantly bringing the script as he was writing it to Daniel Day Lewis and like getting ideas from him and bouncing ideas off and stuff. So like 
it could have easily just been about like Daniel Day Lewis's pursuit of perfection as much as PTA's. Um, that's that's but a fair P- point. P- okay, P- yeah, yeah. I can dig that. PTA did get a best achievement in directing, and this was uh, nominated for Motion Picture of the Year. Um, Jordan, I'm going to gather that this probably wasn't one of your favorite movies of the year. Then <laughs> you wouldn't put it up there. Uh, I mean, it's it's right there behind Boss Baby. So oh shit, <laughs> make, make make of that what you will. Boss Baby also <laughs> nominated for an Academy Award this year. <laughs> I mean, the, let me be completely honest. I lost our Oscar prediction game last year, so I have no, um, no like real credibility when it comes to predicting how these movies will do. You're playing again um, this year, though, right? I might recuse myself. No, you have to. You have to defend your <laughs> loss. My fucking, I lost by so many <laughs> points last year. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to do some work to actually watch some of the movies this year, though, because last year I was not as into it and just kind of threw some down. But doesn't um, this feel like a movie that the Academy of Motion Pictures and whatever arts and sciences, arts and crafts would? <laughs> Would love like it feels like it like I said it has all of the pieces that like it checks all the boxes for like a, a classic. Yeah, I I think so. Like it's a it's a period piece and it's like well done like cinematography wise, good score like we've talked about. Um, I would say the performance like we said before the performances are all pretty good. Obviously, like we argued over the um, Alma versus Cyril actress nomination. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would I would agree that it's kind of got all those things. It's got a very prominent actor and a very prominent director at this point. Um, but I definitely think I've seen several other movies this year that have it beat out by a mile. But personally, for me, would you give it a yes or no on our binary rating scale? <laughs> uh, I've softened a bit on it like after giving it a few days, cause I did watch this like Sunday afternoon and it's Tuesday as we're recording. Um, it's still a no for me. Mm. Um, we, there were a couple, a couple other of our spoilers co-hosts have been talking about it in the group chat and I haven't said it explicitly, but I can't wait to just say like, guys don't waste your fucking time. Like <laughs> it's it, like I said before, it's dull and, I think there's lots better movies that you can watch. What do you think? Yeah, I I'm with you in that. Like when I left the theater, I was I was pretty kind of pissed because it it at a, it didn't like give me a lot like in the theater as far as an experience. Like it wasn't that interesting. I kept waiting for something to happen. When like the littlest mm-hmm. thing, like I said, does happen, like a like a ghost or a hallucination shows up, it it, it just like. Oh yeah, there's like actually things that can happen in a narrative rather than just like weird <laughs> Germanic unplaceable accents. But the more that I've thought about it, I kind of it's just such a weird movie and like I've been trying to figure out like what is he trying to say with this? And even like yeah. having this conversation with you I think has been interesting. So I'm going to give it a yes like I I think that if as you watch this movie, you watch it from the perspective of like, oh, I just like really appreciate film and I want to see like almost like Shakespearean elements playing out. But that being said, like I didn't have fun when I watched it. Like I have more fun talking about it with you than like actually watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
I I get why it's nominated for a lot of awards, and I wouldn't be surprised if it like popped up on like you know like an AFI 100 list just because it's the kind of thing that critics eat up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I mean it's interesting that you say that because you've kind of brought it up twice now. Is that it feels like a classical novel or like a Shakespearean like play of some kind? You know, like it it has that feel of like a at least to me like there's a there's things going on and I don't understand the point all the time. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's dramatic, but like part of that is because of the, like the background and like the music and stuff. And so I feel like it's more dramatic than it maybe actually is. And so I, I don't know. And I, I addressed it earlier. I think the story is lacking. Like you said, the narrative, like there's a few points where it kind of gets interesting and you're like, ah, like mm-hmm. what's going to happen. But I feel like nothing ever comes yeah. of it. Really. Well, there's like yeah. there's a difference between like what happens in a movie and what a movie's about. I think like what this movie's about is pretty interesting. Like a a, a man who's kind of like a man child with like mommy issues who like has this weird power dynamic struggle. But like like I said, that could have been placed in like any setting, and like you know there will be blood. That I mean, that also could have kind of been anywhere in a lot of ways but like building wells and chip blowing up and stuff that's awesome like this is just so like <laughs> this is just not like what i'm into but yeah. i i i get why people love it and I, I get i get every opinion on it if you hate it or if you love it i can completely understand it but i'll give it a yes so it's one yes one no what what food would that make this jordan uh <laughs> day, like day old something <laughs> i don't know like, does it have to be milk related something. still i don't know <laughs> but, how about how about like some cereal that's been sitting around for a while it's pretty soggy but could still eat it how about some uh sauteed woodcock <laughs> <laughs> that's all you man <laughs> <laughs> all right well that was spoilers um listen to our other episodes where we break down uh older movies uh we call those movie review episodes um, other than that, take it away. What, what, what do we have coming up, Pappy? Ooh, we have the 150th Epiversary episode where it's a trivia night extravaganza recorded right before Thanksgiving. And we Ooh, also who's have... Who's been editing that? Nobody. <laughs> Just been oh, sitting shit. on the shelf. I thought that might have been lost on the cutting room floor oh, for a it's... while. It's been months. <laughs> we have the loser of that's punishment episode following shortly after. <laughs> We have Willow, hosted by Mikey, and then we have uh, the Oscar Pick'em Show coming up in the middle of February, where Jordan will be defending his title as the worst Oscar predictor in spoilers. What did I have to host last year as punishment? It was the one with Jeff Goldblum and... uh, Oh, shit. What was it called? Robin Williams. um, Yeah. The Fisher King. Yeah, the the Fisher King. (laughs) See what movie Jordan will host this year. <laughs> Fuck Thanks you. for listening. That was spoilers. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for movie spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was spoilers. What precisely is the nature of my game?